1: to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and joining me once again, getting a bit of a habit in this. Uh, once I Wants to go and get a job, the lazy bastard. Uh, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm not too bad, I've got one coming from work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for context, Carlos literally uh, basically bolted home from work caught up on the i think you caught the main event and then just caught the, uh, i caught. I, I came in just for just before the ben rothwell fire kicked yeah, off yeah. well that wasn't long so you don't have much to catch up on there uh but we have essentially uh, just finished watching uh, ufc vegas 42 headlined by max holloway and yaya rodriguez and kind of like always with these these little kind of throwaway cards it was an absolute banger all the way. Really? No. Well, I mean, even through the prelims. I mean, you—you you won't have caught the prelims yet, no. but um, there was only one decision on the prelims, and then only one decision on the main card. It was just full of finishes. Well, that's it. And look at Dana and that lot, especially after a card like this, they would be kicking themselves that they didn't do it in our arena. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, they're, they're back in uh, uh, the, the apex in Vegas, so um, let's uh, let's go through these uh, prelims then. So. We started with uh, jung de young uh, picking up the first round knockout of kennedy zinchekwu uh then ralph uh, rafael alves got the first round sub of, uh, from uh, mark de um, Courtney um casey got the decision over liana judua and then uh, the first round ko in the featherweights went to sean woodson against colin anglin then uh we had uh, cynthia calvillo Losing uh, in a second round KO to Andrea Lee and then the, the feature prelim uh, Joel Alvarez one of the biggest uh, underdogs on the card uh, with the first round knockout of Thiago Moises that was an absolute banger of a fire. Um but going on to the the main card now and we started the night with Song Yedong taking on Julio Arce and wow what a way to kick off the card absolutely banger no pun intended (laughs) no he was such a good fight um song has has really kind of blossomed over the last few uh fights i I said going into this he was like five and one um unbeaten in his his last five fights and yeah you can tell this guy's got so much power for such a small i mean even looks small for a bantamweight uh but the power that guy has got um, and um, Archer, who's had a little bit of time off, and, and you could tell there was a little bit of ring rust there, a little bit of uh, tentative. But whenever you don't let those big punches go, Jesus Christ, they, you could see they were hurting, and, and the just explosion as well from him is so fast, it's unbelievable. Um, but he mixes it up with uh, with um, the kicks as well, and one thing that he's, he has really kind of that. Herb picked up on is his not over committing himself uh, and he showed that in this in this first round where um, he had uh, Arce kind of on the ropes a little bit uh, but instead of like uh, committing and, and maybe making a mess of it he, uh, he, he decided to hang back a little bit uh, was able to, to really work on that body um, Arshae picked up the pace a little bit more uh, the, going into the end of the first round but yeah that was a, a, a great round for Yudong Come out in for the second round. Lands, uh, Yudong lands the kick. Some kicks to the leg, kicks to the body. Uh, stuns share with a, with a right hand. Um, but um, he tried to like kind of uh, smile it off. But uh, Song realized that that he was hurt. Landed another right hand, knocked him to the floor. Just bl- bland, uh, blasted him with with strikes. It almost looked like uh, Song knocked him out. Then. Walking back up with the follow-ups, um, Ar- Arshia was, uh, was arguing with Herb Dean that, that it, it wasn't a finish, uh, that he was alright, but yeah, that guy was out on his seat and Song picks up a massive, massive victory.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially in the, as soon as when I was, because obviously it's all fresh to me, I've not I'm literally just watched it before coming in to record. Uh, the only fight I watched live was the main event so in this fight Song were able to use that feint a lot in the first round uh, especially mixed in with with the one or two kicks that he was throwing in with the feint and he was using that a lot to key Julio up against the cage and that was perfect for him and uh, as you were saying, uh, is is not long uh, just come back to the UFC after a bit of a layoff so yeah, he was definitely a bit to, uh, I'd say tentative to wanting to go in because like any other fight, you just don't want to shoot in against someone like Song Dong and uh, and what I mean that is I, I like to call people like him people who've got like that little tank power. They're not they're not they're not massive, they're not tall, but they built compact and they just their little powerhouses like a little tank would. They would go through anything, and that like Henry Sudo in a way, he was built like a little tank power. That's why he, did, he were able to have so much success with the wrestling. A lot of wrestlers like that. Have that little tank power, which is, uh, I think, uh, in my own sense, a little quality way of putting it. But yeah, Song Yudong, after picking up the pace and then uh, finding where the openings were, he knew them kicks w- was landing, So when it got into the second round, when he when he beautifully landed that roundhouse kick uh, to Julio before basically following up with the strikes and like when I said putting no pun intended to kick off the show, when he kicked his head off, he were uh, it, it, that that fight were over and. Yeah, as you were saying, there was no no point in arguing that you were you were definitely out. And Song Dong with a, a a brilliant performance. Like you were saying, he's not the, he's not the biggest in that bantamweight division, but the way he somewhat farts and how he can see angles, I think he could be a problem uh, in the near future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next, let's go into the weight division. Um, Miguel Bayeza taking on uh, Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams, who's uh, one of those kind of like. Uh, break out 2020 stars uh, along the, uh, the same lines as Kevin Holland and Hamza uh, Chimiev where they just fought pretty much every week. Um, and this this Chaos Williams is a scary looking block. Um, the the fight started with him essentially stalking uh, Beza. Beza uh kind of using that lateral movement really well to to uh, avoid. Um, kind of uh, battling with uh with chaos williams but chaos is, is he, he just took himself down really tight like you can see he's always ready to try and uh, uh unload that massive power shot uh Beza for the first two minutes or so was uh, was literally just sidestepping uh, around the edge of the octagon uh, and uh, chaos was 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 taking his time um, try for some uh, a few leg kicks just to just to tease Ibiza uh, in, into into fighting. Um, goes for for a few kind of long range shots, uh, not getting much uh, success out of Beza. Um, but then when Biesa, um tries to to go for a takedown, uh, he gets pushed away by Williams, and it it it's looking like this is going to be kind of like a A fact that they they counteract each other so much that it ends up being boring. Uh, And I I was halfway through the first round thinking come on someone needs to start doing something now. Uh, And then Chaos Williams did. Starts landing some big big shots we end up getting a little bit of a um, kind of a throwing of hands. Uh, Beleza lands some shots and I think one big uh, issue with uh, Chaos Williams' game plan is that he always leaves himself open for attack. Uh, it is no defence in the guy, he he will eat shots all day just to the hope of landing that big shot of his own. Um, he eventually uh, ends up going down to the ground and this is where we've got some really interesting stuff on the floor. Uh, with uh, Beza, uh looking for a knee bar, almost kind of like a grapevine. But Williams was was able to wrestle uh, uh hands apart and just land some heavy shots from sat down and those were there was not a normal human being out mm-hmm. um but it was a, a really interesting fight. It took a, uh, a round it took a, a few minutes to get going but once once both fighters settled in we started seeing some really good action uh, going into the second it was a a lot more uh, in terms of uh output from both guys uh Beza was attempting to to keep williams at bay with the kicks Williams was obviously looking for those big, big shots. Landed uh, a few jabs, uh, looking for uh, some low kicks of his own, starting to really kind of mix it up. Uh, We get a little bit of a break where we get uh, um, a a kick to the groin. Then it happens again later on in in the round. Um, So I think uh, Williams can kind of of count himself lucky that he didn't get a doctor point for that, uh, but some good refereeing by, I think it was uh, Chris Tamiyona um like basically saying look you need to keep uh control of your weapons you're you're in charge of them uh we know it's an accident but how i can't keep letting it slip um so then going in, in into the third uh Beza started uh to continue that leg work landing some um some uh decent uh kicks to the calf uh but then he he um uh, gets caught with uh um, a spinning, a spinning uh, heel kick uh, but it kind of only glances him so uh, he's able to keep uh, chopping the, with the legs um, and it was almost like off one of those leg chops where um, Williams uh, lands some big big punches uh, almost like he was falling over and it was just like desperation shots but one lands and it drops Beza to, to the floor uh, Williams uh, lands some ground and pound and Beza is out. Uh, Williams picking up uh, the the victory in the third round with a knockout. It, it was absolutely... A, I wouldn't say a brilliant fight, but...
0: It's certainly it, entertaining. Yeah, it we're entertaining. I've been lying if I said I wasn't... Since chaos uh, Williams has basically broke out onto the scene, I haven't been following him, because I have, like, I've been... I know the guy's got his own clothing brand, so mm-hmm. I've been somewhat following him as, as a fighter. He's exciting to watch. He reminds me of... Uh, a mixture of Mark Tyson and Kimbo Slice, where he walks around and gives off a persona of a uh, Mark Tyson but farts like Kimbo Slice. It, it reminds me of Rampage Captain. Well, yeah, there's a, that, that sort of street guy who who is not the best mixed martial artist, but they know how to fart. Mm-hmm. They know how to fucking take a punch and they know how to throw a punch. And and KS Williams is is that fatter, and that's why. I, to be honest with you, I think that's why he's been such a breakout saw like you were saying not only has he been one of these fighters who, will, who's, who said to Dana and Hunter listen if the fight comes available I'll take it mm-hmm. like I'm from I'm from the streets like I'll I'll take a fight for, for money yeah of course I will uh, but you can tell he's also sensible with the, obviously the way after after the fight when they were speaking to him saying that he'll he'll love to get back in there and, and take another fight with some serious coaching and honing in his skills I'd I reckon he could be a, again another one who could be a problem um, in the welterweight division. Obviously, he's not. He's, I'd, be, I'd be stupid to say like, yeah, he's going to go up against Chimiev or Usman and, and give him a really tough time because uh, well, he, he's not. Let's be honest, but he's he's definitely an entertaining fighter. In the first round, when when he was stalking uh, Miguel and Miguel weren't really doing nothing, and then he got the takedown and was trying to go for. Well, the ankle lock and then the knee bar and back to the ankle lock and and Williams were defending that well. He knew that if he if he kept his leg bent and basically kept in a ball and, and trying to like bring Miguel to him rather than letting Miguel straighten his leg out, he he knew he was safe. Even though uh, and, and then again at the end of the fight when Bisping asked him about it um, and basically said to him like, what sort of danger were you in? Uh, uh, Williams even said it himself, where it like, did look. I can see where it had looked bad on camera, but it, it wasn't bad. And from being in in that sort of position myself and experience it yeah, sometimes it looks worse than it actually is. And he was doing all the correct things, where he wasn't in any real danger. And I, whilst I was watching that fight, I was seeing people on like MMA groups saying about, oh, like how did Chaos win that fight? It was how could someone be in a submission uh, attempt and lose a fight? And I think, that I'm going to throw my opinion in, and my opinion on that is, that I think the judges were looking at more of the factors of what, they was, of, of what they were doing in the time, and not only that, the possible outcomes. Because if Miguel let that go, not only was Chaos Williams defending it perfectly, if Miguel let that go, Chaos Williams would have, nine out of ten times, ended up in... The stronger position, he would have ended up on top of it, it, either in it, side control or half guard. So either way, it would look in, in his favour. And with Miguel trying that for almost a, a minute and a half and getting absolutely nowhere, that in the in the judges' eyes is saying, "Well, this is desperation. This, I've got nothing else, so I'm just going to try for this. And if it don't work, then well, I'm just going to keep trying." So in, in in their eyes, that that there is is you giving in with yourself because you can't do anything else uh, to stand up to this guy and that obviously turns around to be coming into the second round that he can because obviously with the, the the leg kicks that he was throwing he was getting success from them I just don't think he could stand with the power of Chaos Williams and when they were getting into that little of of getting into a brawl Miguel didn't want any of that so he was timing the leg kicks perfectly mm-hmm. just unfortunately how Douglas Lima knocked out MVP with a leg kick and 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 the basically the punch the follow punch afterwards, Chaos Williams were able to actually not only take the leg kick, uh, in a way very off balance to throw a, a strike and then plant his feet to get that hook off. And and the funny part I won't say the funny part is because Miguel's got knocked out so I feel sorry for him. It's the aftermath of as soon as he got knocked out obviously. He, you lose a couple of seconds of memory there. You don't quite know what's going on. <laughs> and he started arguing straight away. We were looking about, and he, he, he like he walked back to chaos. Like he was like, "What are you doing? We're fine." And chaos were like, "Yeah, no, we're not." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the judges were like, the, the referees and even ref, uh, and the uh, the doctors were like, "No, just sit down. We'll explain to you." He going got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> it's like, you're not farting, but yeah, that were a, a entertaining
1: fart, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So next in the the middle of the card, we had uh, Felicia Spencer taking on Leo Letson. Um, Felicia, if you remember, um, last year uh, lost by decision to Amanda Nunes, and then uh, followed it up with uh, another decision loss to Norma Dumont earlier on this year. So she definitely needed to get back in the in the win column. Um, really, kind of a uh, Kind of suffering from that, uh, that challenger mentality where you lose once uh, to the champion and then you start tumbling down. Uh, coming up against Leah Letson, who uh won in her debut for, for the UFC, so it's not exactly um a gimme fight for, for Spencer, but you wouldn't have thought that with the performance that she put on. Um, just absolutely outstanding control by uh felicia spencer and i've got to give it to to leah the girl has got a lot of heart uh but she was beaten in every facet of mixed martial arts in 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 this uh in this fight she was controlled on the ground she was controlled up against the cage uh felicia had some really unique attacks uh some um the when she had uh um Leah tangled up against the case. He was hitting her with a shoulder, hitting her with swinging elbows, uh, hitting her with, with punches coming over the top and then, then back down. Just really kind of a just forced, consistent uh, attack from uh, from Felicia Spencer. Um, very much just destroyed the face of Leah Letson. Um when, when Leah was able to get away from the cage, she did get some little uh, semblances of success. Um, but whenever Spencer wanted to go for the takedown or whenever Spencer wanted to clinch up against the cage, Leah just wasn't strong enough to, to fight her off the, 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 the way that uh, Spencer always targeted the lead leg. Uh, and got it all, uh, got it all wrapped up with a with a, a triangle and a leg triangle to to make sure that Leah couldn't escape. Um, basically taking her down pretty much at will. Um, there were points in the, especially in the second round where where Leah um, she kind of counteracted really well, but it was only very very shortly. And as soon as uh, Spencer was in any kind of a, a hint of danger, she was able to get back back to her feet got the fight back to the to the cage and got it back down to the ground again and she just was absolutely dominant um at, at, coming at the end of the first round and at the end of the second round i was thinking when is this finish going to come or we, is this going to be one of those fights where you are waiting for the finish waiting for the finish and then it doesn't come uh... And it got close to that, but eventually um, um, Felicia Spencer was able to uh, get the slam onto uh, Leah Letson. Um, Leah was trying to keep her, keep her guard tight, but uh, Spencer was just pounding away with elbows and punches. And eventually Mark Smith did the decent thing and, and called it off. But props to Leah, uh, an outstanding performance in, in terms of heart and, and defence, but... This Felicia Spencer is the same Felicia Spencer now who made her way to a title match against Amanda Nunes. Is she quite back ready for that fight? I don't think so, but with this featherweight division, it is very, very Fredbear, so another victory like this and we might see Felicia versus Nunes too.
0: See, that is a possibility. Even though this was a good fight, and like I explained to yourself, uh, a couple of other people, of uh, why people said, "Oh, your opinion's wrong." It, well, the way I would look at it is, if you're a new fan of you watched a couple of fights, this was uh, this was exciting. But for me, watching Felicia Spencer fart so many times, you know a game plan coming in, and if she was to go up against Amanda Nunes again, I don't. I, I, if I, I, I'll bet anyone. I know, I know for a fact it doesn't go to decision this time because Amanda Nunes probably just knocks her out, and that's for the. That's the most boringest part about this women division now, especially Nunes, because I absolutely... I, I, I love the way Nunes fights. It's just the fact is that no-one else can match up to her, and everybody else, every other big name who, who's had some skill set behind them has just been absolutely drenched out by how good Amanda Nunes is. And the thing that sort of what pisses me off about it is there is a lot of promotions out there with a ton of talent with females that don't get exposure, so there's only these two or three big names at the top of, of the of the women's division in mixed martial arts. And and that's why you were saying about how this division, how Felicia Spencer, she has one more win, she could fight Amanda Nunes for their title. How bland is that off and no offence to Leah because she's she's just shown she's got heart, but she's also just shown she's lost a lot of brain cells for, for taking so much damage, and that's and that's not saying like, bad things towards her. The UFC look for the best of the best but at this point with how how they not promoting the women's division or, or looking for the women's division so well it's just more of how many likes can you get on instagram or facebook are you, are you decent at basically throwing a punch Right, we'll sign you and it don't work out look at how many times they've, they've done that with us and it don't work out go out there and find female mixed martial artists who are serious about it i can name 10 who are from North East Lancashire alone from different gyms, from Manchester Predators to Reps MMA, from, from Black Knights to, to Combat uh, Academy training facility, in um, I think that's now in, in, in Bake Up, so th- there's a lot of gyms around here with a lot of female talent and there's a hell of a lot more in the UK alone, but not just to say America, oh, look how big America is. There is a shit of talent in there and the PFL
1: and Bellator and no, all that don't have a problem and don't seem to have a problem with picking it up. Well you said that, Cyborg uh, fought yesterday, um, she knocked out Sinead Kavanagh in the first round and who was sat up to side? Let me guess, Kay- Kayla Harrison. Well she- I think the UFC have
0: missed a bullet there because I think she was also... Correct me if I'm wrong, I think there were reports of her actually at the UFC event and PFL, mm-hmm. she's only, I think she may have only had one fighter contract. No, oh, she's, she's got it. no, no. fight, she's, she's a free no agent. Parts, yeah.
1: She's a free agent. So, uh,
0: if UFC have missed a bullet or told her, probably straight up, no, we're not signing you. Better all. well,
1: they'll be stupid not to. Cyborg mentioned her in a in a post fight. Cyborg, uh, first of all, called out Captain Garner. She, uh, she uh, wants to face her next. Uh, but she also said, uh, Kayla, um, thanks to come, uh, for coming to the fights. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, I hope to fight you one day. It's going to be a great fight. Uh, but uh, uh, Ali Abdulaziz will have to talk to all the proportions to make this happen. Um, it's, it's more than likely, now that she's done that, that she will end up signing for UFC. Um, but you are right that there's so much... Um, featherweight talent out there i mean yeah we all know that cyborg was absolutely destroyed by amanda nunez um but there's still so much featherweight female talent out there that yeah we we could really do we've seen an influx of new new fires in this division um, coming from some of these smaller promotions and even raiding Bellator, because Bellator's 5 uh, yeah. division is, is pretty and stacked. Not,
0: and not only even that, it's it's not even about just taking fighters who you think, or, or you know that's going to beat a man that do it. It's just, as well, taking fighters who you think is going to give her a challenge. Because not only if, if they do give her a challenge or look like they're going to give her a challenge, you know they're going to be good gatekeepers for other female fighters to come through and test their skill and get better. And look at all the male other divisions. We have that so many times, and the reason why it's not common or it's not weird is the fact is that it's it's been there for so long. There is, uh, they could be 60 to 70 fighters in in one male division in the UFC, yeah. and then that's why they can put on fights every week in them sort of divisions and have top name and have five to six people who are top names, who are proper sellers, who are who are stars in that in that uh, division. And there's a reason why there's only Amanda Nunes, Rose Nunes a and Valentina Shevchenko who are the only stars. Holly Holm's been faded out. Misha Tate's been faded out. Um, yeah, Johan Joanna jacek has been faded out. Yeah, fair enough. They might still be big names on social media, but in mixed martial arts, they, they're gone now. They, they, they're
1: they not there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's just the old the, they are now is a name value. I think the, the issue is that at the top of pretty much every women's division in the ufc there is one huge star and the rest are scrambling to be second place
0: well that's it but as well they don't stick around long enough and they don't sign new people long enough to where they can actually start bringing in more fights and actually having more challenges because the only thing they do is they stick with 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 the same With the same eight people who are top names and go, right, we're going to keep you, and then we're just going to... Just recycle
1: you over and over again.
0: Yeah, and then what we're going to do is every now and again, we're going to sign one female fighter and give her a one-fight contract, or maybe a two if you're feeling lucky, and then we'll put her up against one of you. and then when you beat her, we'll put you up against a Nunes again. And then when you, she beats you, we'll do the same thing over and over. Yeah, and it, it's a repeat. it's a boring, boring cycle. Yeah. So th- that's why, my opinion, when I was saying it on uh, on one of the the mixed martial arts group uh, on the mixed martial arts group chat things that I'm in, and people were saying you're wrong, that's that's the reason why I was saying it, not because Felicia Spencer's shit or Leah's shit. That's not the case. They're both they're in the UFC for a reason. But when it comes to actually the the behind the scenes of what this fight means it means fuck
1: all mm-hmm. yeah um so let's get into the core main event um that long um, <laughs> marcos <laughs> rogerio Lima taking on big ben rothwell um rothwell started pretty brightly lands an early jab um then takes a couple of uh, low kicks one of them kind of wobbles him a little bit which makes him walk into uh, a big right hand uh, which Stumbles him. He goes up against the, the cage. Um, Ruggiero uh, just absolutely just lets loose with massive, massive shots. Uh, we see Rothwell's legs buckle. Um, Herb Dean um, steps in. Uh, he puts his arms around um, um, Ruggiero. Um, and now I've seen that he's got a lot of grief on, um, on Twitter and, in, and from a, a lot of MMA journalists saying that he didn't commit enough to uh to the stoppage but the the fact is that he he tried he tried to pull away uh Ruggiero. Ruggiero acknowledged that the fight was over but ben rothwell had his head tucked in uh, under Ruggiero's arm and was trying to wrestle Ruggiero. so someone like herb dean trying to stop two uh fighters who who were tipping the scales at 265 pounds each he has to just let that fight go to the ground because otherwise he's getting involved in a, a, a scuffle, so he's in a no-win situation. The fact is that um, uh, Marcos uh, acknowledged that the fight was over, so as soon as the, the, the fight went to ground, he let go of everything. Um, then that gave um, Herb the, the chance to, to fully inform Ben that the fight was over. Um, so I think the, uh, Herb's getting a lot of grief for, for no reason, but what a victory for Marcos Ruggiero de Lima.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, first of all, on that, Herb Dean is one of the best referees in mixed martial arts. One of. I'm not saying is. One of. Still human. Me, you can he's still
1: Mark can
0: make... right now. Yeah, definitely. Mark on all the way. He has been that for, for absolutely donkeys now. Uh, but yeah, uh, Herb Dean, one of the best. Does he make mistakes? Yeah, still human. How many times do he make mistakes? Rarely. That's why he's still one of the best in the UFC. One of the biggest stages of, uh, of them all. In this fight, like you were saying, he's not going to get in the way of uh, of guys who, who, who top the scale at £230 plus. So he, no, well, they were both 265 Well, 265 There you go. He's not going to get in the way of that. And I wouldn't either. He knew, as well as Marcus knew, that if you've... When, you know as a fighter that you've hurt your, your opponent, especially when you're in such a dominant position like that in the first place. So Marcus knew that he hurt him and Marcus knew that he was safe. Herb Dean, from watching there, he was right—the best seat in the house at the side of him. He knew at that point Marcus was safe because Ben was hurt, and he knew he knew if Marcus carried on, he were going to knock him out. Marcus, Herb was about to jump in and stop it because he was cracking him, but Ben Rothwell was still committed to that takedown and was still getting it. Now you're not going to stop a fighter who's been hit so many times, who's who's concussed who's going in for a takedown because odds are he is a ringing like fuck so he can't listen to you he can't even hear you he's just fighting off a, a basically uh, fucking autopilot mode yeah. so he's just going in for the takedown Mark Goddard knew that he wasn't in, in that Marcus was not going to be put in any danger Marcus, only thing that Marcus needed to do is do exactly what he needed to do and just sprawl his hips back What exactly what he did whilst he was looking at Herb Dean mm-hmm so the, uh, all that situation played out perfectly. Couldn't, that was the most professional way of stopping of that thing. Now, if uh, what would it have been like if if Ben Rothwell was not all there, but Herb Dean jumps in, and then before you know it, you've got fucking Ben Rothwell who actually yes, gets uh, in, who had, in, yeah, yeah, gets him in a single, like well, picks we, him up and slams him.
1: We've seen that before, yeah. where fires have been. Uh... Basically, uh, all there, but the lights are on, but nobody's home, and they've they've actually tried to tackle referees. Yeah, because it's just instinct. It's just uh, working off uh, adrenaline.
0: Exactly, and if he was to get Herb Dean, and and, and I'm not, uh, people might say, "Oh, that'll never happen," but you never know. We've but, seen it. So. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's only a matter of time. If he was a 265 pound man to get him at a single leg, put him down and then as he's going down, land an overhand and then drop it whilst he's do it. Like, it's a common thing that people actually get taught in mixed martial art. Alan's taught it us plenty of times. So was Rob. He's taught it us plenty of times to follow in with the strike whilst on the take on going down. It's just the fact of how much force you're going to get behind the the basically cushion at the back of the head of when it's going to hit it. It's, it's, it's just simple sense. So yeah, that were a, a perfect thing to do. Now on the matter of Ben Rothwell, Jesus Christ, man. If you're not a mixed martial arts fan and you don't like Ben Rothwell, then fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. No, I'm only joking. It, it, the guy's an absolute legend. He's been in the UFC for such a long time now. His record as it stands now is 39 wins and 14 losses. That's a guy who has been around and fought everybody but yeah his, his UFC record is 9 and 8 and this is what I was just about to say even though he's been around a hell of a long time he's accomplished a handful of things and the poor thing is I can't remember or bring up what them handful of things are and for how much of a legend he is for fighting the who's and who's and when and when where and and at any time he's just not He's never been the best fighter, never been the best mixed martial artist, and he's never been able to beat the, the the top five or the top three. And that's the the sad thing about the Ben Rothwell. And as a lot of people might not understand, but he's still a human. He's as I said to my wife earlier when she was like, "Oh my God, you didn't try anything." He's, ben Rothwell is an old in my eyes now. He's an old man now. He's been around and fought everybody. He's been in that many fights now. Surely to God, his body has started to de- uh, deteriorate faster than a normal human's would. It's as serious, it's as simple as that. You can't take the punishment he's had and fight as many times as he's had, and not only fight as many times as he's had, but being in training camps, being in sparring, uh, being in physical training, lifting weights, running, uh, getting beat up and, uh, and beating people, up and all that cardiovascular training. It takes a all on your body. And like Max Holloway, he put a statement out a couple of months ago saying, he never lost, he just ran out of time, and that is a that is true in, in a lot of fighters, where Ben Rothwell, he just, he, he ran out of time, he fought that much, where he ran out of time, his body didn't have the time to where he, his mind could basically sink in and he could get that perfect fart IQ to farter output. He's always been one of these where I'm gonna try and throw my biggest punch at you, and if it don't land shit, but if it does, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna fucking regret it. There's no, no plan B. It, there's, yeah, there's no plan B, and obviously, he's I guarantee he's still strong as old when it comes to speed, agility reactions, all that shit starts to go when you get older. It starts to slow down dramatically. And the,
1: the the more and more you get knocked out, the more and more likely you're going to get knocked out of
0: your neck. Exactly, and in this far, he couldn't, he didn't have the agility to move, his head movement, hmm. early, his head movement has never really been there in the first place. Ben Rothwell has always done this weird dancing about bobbing his head back and forth. He's never really had movement, he's just drunk dancing. <laughs> just when you see Tarso a Boxing Ring Tech, out of his opponents that's what Ben Rothwell does, um, but yeah, I think, in my opinion, Ben Rothwell is going to make a great coach one day, but I don't want to see him fight again, just no, because, no. he didn't see this coming, he, he couldn't, he didn't have nothing in the bag, he couldn't, but after when he got hit, he knew that were it, he tried yeah, to cover man. up as best as he could, but he tried to move his head as best he could, but then punches were coming thick and fast, and... It only were a matter of time, and it took 20 seconds for him to lose his bearings. And... Yeah,
1: and you've got to give it props to to Marcus. It was a great setup with those those uh, chopping leg kicks, uh, and then once he knew, he once he saw that he would wobbled, bent to follow up with that right hand. Which which the, it's always the punch that you don't see coming that <laughs> do the most damage, and that's exactly what that did. And, it forced Ben up against the fence, and you could see him stumbling, and like a shark with blood in the water, the uh, Lima pounced and got the victory. He definitely did, and well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. Um, so after that, we're going to the main event. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Carlos go through this because I think he'll have a a lot to say about it. But essentially, yeah, uh, Rodriguez. Uh, I can never understand the UFC rankings because this guy's been out of the game for two years uh, due to injuries. I've missed him. I think he's one of the most dynamic fighters that UFC have got, but I can't understand how he's ranked number three in the in the lightweight division when he hasn't fought since 2019. Going up against Max Holloway, who uh, who has struggled uh, to to be, be that fighter he was before he met Alex uh, Volkanovsky. Had a great fight against uh, Calvin Katar, uh, but he's really trying to push either for those uh, big-name fights or to push for that uh, that uh, return-to-championship Um But, Carlos, yeah, talk us through this one.
0: hoo we. If you're not a fan of mixed martial arts, go watch this fight. And if you watch Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, then, wow, same as I, me and Mags, we were all in for a treat that is honestly a present and a gift from UFC two fights like that in the space of like what 14 days
1: is is just fucking
0: brilliant two weeks. well not
1: a week it was literally last week <laughs> yeah. we got a channel you. so uh, a week did UFC for for all the the shit that we give them, they have been delivering with these events, and especially
0: with the early ones as well. We can't find coming up. Everyone in the everyone in England fucking loves UFC right now. Honestly, my my Facebook, my Twitter, and that. Especially with everyone who don't really usually comment on UFC because it's, it's on at it a stupid a time. It, it, the all of England loves UFC. Everyone's a fan now. Just because he has been on for a month at times where it's been appropriate for everyone to stay up, everyone's just jumped on it and. To be honest, a couple of months ago I would have been like, ah, oh, fuck off. Everyone's doing me anything, anyway. you don't know shit now because obviously with COVID knocked in and people not not speaking about it as much. I've I've fucking loved it. But this fight was was everything that they basically built it up to be and as they sold it for. It was non-stop action. Yor Rodriguez been out for two years and, and coming back and farting, if not the blessed, it's only Max Holloway the best. And he he absolutely went in there and he, he, he put on a performance the thing that let him down is he, for some reason he just lost confidence in them leg kicks and them leg kicks yeah. was working you could see it were working but Max Holloway is, is, is such an agility fighter where he can just absorb shots and just keep moving even though he knows they're hurting you know they're hurting he'll never show it and he'll ne- he'll always in he'll and, and all, whilst fighting you he'll always try and have that mental fight of himself of keeping that pain away in his one of the fighters, or if not one of the best fighters, that is very good at doing that. He can take punishment, absorb it, and still move forward. And has somewhat started to lose confidence. In the first round, Max Holloway is is somewhat. He's, he's never slow. He, he still throws the strikes, but he always likes to see what his opponent's going to bring. See what he see what he he needs to do. What what his output needs to be. What his distance needs to be at. What sort of fighting style he can get away with? Yar Rodriguez didn't give him any chance in that. Even though Max Holloway, in my opinion, dominated this fight. Yar Rodriguez is one of the fighters that is so unique, where he'll throw strike from anywhere, and he were able to hit Max with some strikes that people have found it even hard just to jab him with. Mm-hmm. And he, he were hitting him clean, and Max was just walking through him. Uh, the first round Max with with a boxing with the jabs and Jo Rodriguez being from the uh, the basic, uh, the the boxing world Mexico, he came in there and his boxing was fucking short. The the jabs was on point, the hooks were scary. This is the only fight, I on it hands down the only fight, I have been worried for Max Oliver when he was getting hit by some of those shots I am like I were holding my head like this is the only fight I'm worried that Max could possibly get knocked out and Yor he, he was just absolutely on, on point with the way he was fighting and then mixing the boxing up because you can tell Max was getting comfortable with Yara Rodriguez kicking him in the leg and he weren't checking him Yara Riguez were bringing that kick up to the body bringing it up to the head <laughs> the perfect way of getting someone to feel comfortable chop at the legs then bring it up hard and he was landing it and he, he, he stopped he just totally abandoned his game plan and Max Holloway, at that point, when it comes into round two, just somewhat starts to take over the fart. And he's just... He's leading the dance from at that point. Even though... Again, even though Yard Rodriguez is being able to throw these uh, spinning, uh, spinning kicks, the spinning heel kick that he threw in the second round was... Inches off hitting Max, and you—you you could tell Max, you could see Max's hair just go. Thank God for that. But yeah, that was—it was absolutely phenomenal. If he hit Max with that, that would have definitely yeah. put him to he sleep. That yeah. would have been out. That would have been a far ender. Um, oh yeah, in the first round as well. Going in the last five seconds. I saw uh, Max Holloway the position he were in. He could have got a reverse banana split there. Obviously, as you, you said yourself, only five seconds that he wouldn't really been able to do much. But I, I was thinking more of the damage what he'd been able, to, even though it's horrible to say, and
1: a bit I, mean, I, I think that that's a, another big point that needs bring up. You know, we we know Max has been someone who is amazing on the feet with uh, with his boxing. I, he, he argues he's the best boxer in the UFC, and who are we to doubt him? But he proved in this fight he's got he's got ground game as well. He's he ended the the first three rounds on top on the floor. He was uh, very controlling with uh, with the ground game, uh, wrapping Yair Rodriguez up in in all different kinds of positions, able to go from uh, full mount to high mount to uh, on the back. Not really getting into the point where he was close to submissions because uh, Rodriguez was uh, is. Um, submission defense was on point but the control was there from Max
0: yeah definitely Max was a he's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he's wrestling has always been there he's very good friends with with DC who's given him a hell of a lot of tips along the way and not only that the guy's been around mixed martial arts ever since he was like 14 and when you come into mixed martial arts the, in my opinion the way I've, I've, I've known a lot of people they get comfortable in with the grappling first because the way to build your confidence up you don't want to just go into right I'm going to just go learn Muay Thai and then next week I'm going to go do some sparring because you get your ass kicked and you soon learn when there's a lot of people out there who do that and you were quite good you you start to think oh fuck is this actually the right path for me so a lot of people take up grappling whether that be wrestling or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, and Max has always had that game when they brought it up he hasn't had a submission finished since 2015 uh, on the group, on one of the group chats, it started loading up. Yeah, because Max is shit. He's got no Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He can't finish. And it's like he's never. Yeah, well, not only, not only did he prove that he has, it's always. But he, he didn't really have nothing to prove in the first place because it's always been there. But the fact is, in his last five or six bouts since 2015, he's never had to use it. When you tell me one, one in his last bout, when has Max Holloway been been boring? When it's been a stand-up fight, it's been boring. It's been non-stop for 25 minutes. He's never had to use it, He's, uh, Since 2015, all they ever had to use is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for submission attempts, because he'd prefer trying to punch you in the head a
1: thousand yeah, times. You're talking about a guy who, who consistently breaks his own and the UFC record for amount of significant starts in a fight. And even in this fight, when it was probably his most... Quiet in terms of output, but that's because he used so much more of his ground game. Uh, and he but, still were able to throw over yeah, two hundred strikes. Way over, way over two hundred. So that that just shows how rounded of a fighter this this guy absolutely is. And and that's not to take away from uh, Rodriguez. For someone who was out for two years, he gave Max all that he could take. Um, like like Carl said, there were points where you genuinely thought that Max was in trouble uh, the, and the fifth round when he's, uh, when uh, Rodriguez's uh, team said go for Brock you did it's, what he needed need go and do something uh, and you had that contrast of Max's team saying you need to stick to rigidly to this game plan because it's working uh, and you, there were points in that fifth round where Rodriguez had the chance to, to, to finish um, he, he, he landed some huge shots um and any other fighter than Max Holloway could have been put out by those shots. But we're talking about arguably one of the greatest fighters that's ever been in Octagon with uh, Blessed. And, yeah, it was just an amazing fight. Straight, you know, the week after we watched uh, Gateshare versus Chandler put on a massive, massive performance these two guys have hold my beers and, and arguably had a fight of the year.
0: Yeah, definitely. he's definitely a, a contender up there for one of the handfuls this year, but yeah, when it, when it comes to this, I have not seen anyone uh, do my sports and exercise science course, I've been able to, uh, luckily enough, learn a hell of a lot about the human body and how, how when stuff goes wrong, what are the circumstances, the hematomas, the swelling, what it looks like and I can, I can say, I don't even need to, we can weigh and it comes out and I guarantee it, Max Holloway's got a broken rib, I have not seen a fatter break his ribs and that well on the side when it comes down to the false ribs and when it's coming down to that, the, your, your six and your seven set of ribs, that were broke. And Max's ribs were broke, if you simply that, that's what the the hematoma on that side is a result of a broken rib. Mm-hmm. It, that, it, you can tell that, and you can tell it were broke just from the end of the fight of how hard the Yara Riggles was throwing his kicks because Michael Bisping was the perfect part. Because if we look down, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone about Yara
1: Riggles foot, that was absolutely a fucking I, massive balloon. I spotted that. Um, in the after the second round, uh, the the camera focused on Max. Uh, and he was he was limping, visibly limping back to uh, his corner. And that's because for two rounds, his legs were being chopped to bits. But it focused on uh, Yair Rodriguez's foot. And you could tell his, his toes were broke. Uh, his metatarsals were all broke. His foot was swollen. So maybe that's why he, uh, he kind of like, held back on those leg kicks again. Because Max wasn't checking them. So he was hitting them full force. Um, maybe he was like... It's not hurting this motherfucker. What am I breaking my foot for? For this? Yeah, I'll hold off. Well, that's it. And Max is like a, a, again. He's one of the fighters
0: that can just absorb punishment and keep walking forward and not showing that it's hurting you. Because other fighters, they and they, well, I, I say that his hand was down here a lot to cover that body. But Yarurigas wasn't able to just capitalize and do anything to him. And that's what makes that's what makes Max so good at what he does. It he's able to just control the fart and get it turned around the way he wants it to go even though he, he's going up against a guy who we not long just saw zombie uh, we not long a couple of years ago so he knocked zombie out mm-hmm. but, uh, with a uh, an elbow there were plenty of times where he had max in trouble but max came back and well the best is
1: blessed and on to the next Yep. Yeah, so that's it for for this week next week we have a uh another Apex um, event USC Fight Night headlined by Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate and then co headline of Marco Chiesa taking on the unbeaten Sean Brady uh, another relatively early one for us I think it's a midnight star here in the UK um, mm-hmm. so yeah um, listen to next week for that but uh, uh, that's pretty much all from us here at Five Rounds. Uh, make sure you go and check out uh, the rest of the content on the amazing networks we're part of um, that's the the chair shot that's Radio Techers and that's also Business Global Media but uh, go and follow me on social media at Podfather Mags follow Carlos here at Kurt underscore Carlos uh, thank you all for listening and that is the end adios amigos